Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Our sermon text for our meditation this morning is our gospel lesson, recorded for us in the Gospel of St. Matthew, the first chapter beginning at the 18th verse. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ took place. His mother Mary was pledged in marriage to Joseph. Before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her, so he decided to divorce her privately. But as he was considering these things, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this happened to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him. He took Mary home as his wife, but he was not intimate with her until she gave birth to her firstborn son, and he named him Jesus. Lord, these are your words, and therefore they are your truth. We ask that you'd increase our faith through them. Amen. Dear fellow redeemed, a frantic mother called the church office the afternoon before the annual Christmas program was to take place. She wanted to tell the church secretary that her son, who was supposed to play the role of Joseph that evening, was out with the flu and he wasn't going to be able to make it. The secretary quickly passed on the message to the program director who realized that there wasn't enough time to find a new Joseph. And so she decided that the best thing she'd have to do was simply write him out of the script. Very few people noticed the omission that evening. Very few noticed that Joseph wasn't in that Christmas pageant. How true it is concerning the story of the nativity, it doesn't seem that Joseph plays a very big role, does it? After all, we can think about the angel who made that announcement to Mary, what wondrous news he told her. We can think about the virgin herself who had to carry that child for nine months and gave birth to him. We can think about the baby, the Savior, God with us, Emmanuel as well. Joseph seems to be merely a, a footnote, doesn't he, in the big scheme of things when it comes to that nativity story. Yes, it is true that Joseph perhaps plays kind of a minor role, but it's yet a vital one, as we see in our lesson for today. God invites us to take a closer look at Joseph and to do as Joseph did, to trust the word of the Lord, believing God's promises and living by God's word. We don't know a whole lot about Joseph from the scriptures, but we do know a few details about him. We hear in our lesson for today that he was a righteous man. That means that Joseph was a believer. He believed in God as his Savior, and through faith he was credited as righteous, just as Abraham was. We know that Joseph was a carpenter, or some would say a handyman, from the town of Nazareth in Galilee. We also know that he was an honorable man, especially as we see in our lesson for today, in the way in which he treated Mary. 
We are told that Joseph proposed marriage to Mary, and they were betrothed. It's important for us to understand, though, that betrothal back 2,000 years ago in Palestine among the Jewish people is different than it is for us in America today. Think about today, if a young man wants to propose marriage to his girlfriend, what does he do? Maybe makes reservations at a fine restaurant and brings her there, and at the end of the meal, he takes out the ring and he goes down on, on one knee and he shows her the ring and he says, will you marry me? And so often she says yes, doesn't she? But the very next day, he could change his mind and say, I don't want to be married to you anymore, and that could be the end of it. But that wasn't the case when it came to marriage proposals in Palestine 2,000 years ago among the Jewish people. You see, their betrothal or engagement process was legally binding. So Joseph went about that process properly to make Mary his wife, and he was engaged to her. He was legally bound to marry her under the law. What does Joseph discover? In the midst of that betrothal, as he's awaiting that day when he's going to take Mary home as his wife, horror of horrors, his fiancée is pregnant, and he knows that it's not his. He's been a, a righteous, upright man, not wanting to do that which is improper in the eyes of man or God. He did what is right, not sleeping with Mary, until waiting for that moment for their marriage. He knows the child isn't his. And he also wonders how he could move forward in this marriage, especially one that he thought was built upon broken promises. And yet God decides to intervene, doesn't he? God sends this angel from heaven. The angel of the Lord appears to Joseph in a dream, and he tells Joseph what's going on, that the child that's conceived in Mary is of the Holy Spirit. Don't you think that would sound pretty far-fetched to Joseph? Joseph might have been an ordinary carpenter or handyman, but he knew where babies came from, and they didn't come from God miraculously placing them in virgins' wombs. God was asking him to believe quite a bit, wasn't he? And yet he did. You know, it's interesting to think about Mary and Joseph. Both of them at one time received an an angel's announcement. Mary did at the very beginning of that pregnancy, and now Joseph later on. They both received a special message from the Lord that the child that was conceived in Mary was from the Holy Spirit, that this was a miraculous child, right? But which one, Mary or Joseph, do you think would have a harder time believing that to be true? By far, Joseph. By far. Yes, it was incredible for Mary to hear the announcement early on that she had conceived this child and he was from the Holy Spirit, but Mary knew also. She knew with certainty she had not been with the man. But Joseph didn't, did he? Joseph saw Mary, likely, frequently, but he wasn't with her every second of every moment of every day. And yet Joseph believed. He believed the word of the Lord. Think about how God had recorded, even Matthew mentions it in our lesson for today, the prophecy that was given concerning the Messiah. As it says in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, 
Look, the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel. Joseph certainly knew that promise of God being a righteous man. He would have known the promise concerning the coming Savior that he was to be born of a virgin. Maybe he could believe that concerning the Messiah, but how hard to believe that concerning the very woman that he was engaged to, Mary. And yet he did. He trusted the word of the Lord. He believed it with all of his heart. God invites us to do the same, but how difficult it can be to believe God's word. His word that often seems so impossible. Maybe we too want to say, yeah, God, but where's the proof? God, you you promise that you're going to take care of me in all of my needs, but where's the proof? How can I be so sure? God, you say that you forgive my sins, but how can I be sure of that either? God, you say that you're going to come one day to judge the living and the dead, but how can I know that to be true? You say that you can even raise the dead and give everlasting life. Again, God, where's the proof? God has spoken his word of truth to us that testifies to all of those things And he invites us to believe. He invites us to believe his word, which is truth, isn't it? It's 100% true. As that word continually comes true, as his promises are continually fulfilled, even as we see in our lesson for today. It was fulfilled, that prophecy made to Isaiah, fulfilled now in this child. But even more so, As we see God's promises fulfilled, even in our own lives, how God continues to take care of us, continues to provide us day after day, confirming what his word says, that he will provide for our daily needs. We see the proof of the forgiveness of sins given to us in the scriptures, even more so than Joseph himself saw. We have the entirety of the New Testament, right? Something that Joseph didn't have. We see God's plan of salvation as it all would come to fruition through that child that was to be born. A little baby that the angel was speaking to Joseph about. That baby would come to live and to die, to offer his life as a sacrifice for all sinners on the cross. And we know that it's been fulfilled. The word of the Lord testifies to that fulfillment. We also have the testimony of the Lord concerning the judgment. We have proof of the judgment as well concerning the flood that God was judging the world in the past as he did so in the flood, so also he will do as he says in the future and come to judge the living and the dead. We have the proof of everlasting life in Jesus himself who not only died but also rose to life from the dead. God invites us to believe all of those things are true. Now, the world says that the miraculous is impossible. A baby born to a virgin, that just doesn't happen. Someone coming back to life from the dead, that's scientifically impossible. But God lays out in his word that all of that is true. All of it is true as we see it fulfilled even in the scriptures in our lesson for today. This child that was born was to be called Emmanuel, God with us, God in the flesh, who came down from heaven to earth below. 
And he came to give his life for us. And because he is God, that life was sufficient to pay for your sins and mine. All of our thousands, if not millions of sins that we've committed, they've been covered through the blood of that sacrifice. The blood of that child that came as our Savior, God with us. God our Savior. However, the angel didn't just call Joseph to believe the promises of God, to trust his word in that way, but also to put those words into practice and to live according to that word. The angel instructed Joseph what he was supposed to do, that Joseph was to take Mary home to be his wife and that he was to give that child that name, Jesus. Think about how difficult that too would have been for Joseph. To not just say, okay, I believe that what the angel is saying is true. I believe that the Messiah is to be born in this way, conceived by God the Holy Spirit in the womb of a virgin. And maybe to believe that that's even happened for Mary. But now he has to put that into practice and to show that he believes it by his own actions. To trust Mary as he takes her into his home. And to show that he believes, even by not consummating that marriage until the proper time, until that child has been born. What amazing faith we see in Joseph as he does exactly those things. You know, Joseph, as I mentioned earlier, does play kind of a minor role in the nativity, yet it is one of vital importance. We think of what Joseph provides for the child and for Mary. One thing that he provided for the child and for Mary was legal status. You see, that child would be regarded as Joseph's child by the letter of the law because he was Mary's husband. And we, are, we hear in the scriptures, even our lesson for today, that Joseph himself was from the lineage of David. He's called the son of David, even by the angel there. So too, his child, this child would be legally his and considered legally also from the line of King David. We also think about that because of this lineage from David, that's really the reason why the couple goes to Bethlehem, isn't it? It isn't because of Mary's lineage to David, but it's because of Joseph's. That's the reason they traveled there, to be counted in the census. It's because of Joseph's connection to David, so that the prophecy could also be fulfilled that the child would be born in Bethlehem. But also Joseph provides protection for this child and for his mother. You know, God in his word had instructed what was to happen if a woman did that which was improper and if she conceived a child outside of wedlock. Back in the Old Testament, God told the children of Israel, according to their civil law, that she was to be stoned to death. Imagine what the community would have thought if they would have found out that Mary had conceived a child and the father wasn't Joseph. Mary is protected from such condemnations from the world, isn't she? And that child is protected as well through now having this legal status as she is being married to Joseph and that child legally is now viewed as his. That protection doesn't end there, does it? Even as that child is born and there's death threats against the child, 
God sends another angel and instructs Joseph to protect the child by taking him to Egypt, and he does exactly that. As we see that Joseph didn't just believe the word of the Lord, didn't just believe God's promises, but he also put them into action, didn't he? God invites us to do the same as well today. To not just say that we believe God's word, but to put it into practice. However, we can be tempted to do the opposite, can't we? Maybe we as Lutheran Christians today, we might say, well, we know that we're saved by grace through faith, so does it really matter what we do? Does it really matter if we sin or not, or try to follow God's word or not? After all, we're not saved by what we do. We are saved by God's grace through faith. God warns us in his word, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. He tells us, don't be hypocrites. Don't say you believe one thing and then do another. But may your actions follow what you believe and what you say you believe. But we fail, don't we? Even when we try our hardest, we fail. We fail to live lives that conform to God's word. We can think of this example, amazing, incredible example of even Joseph in our lesson for today concerning Mary and and how he treated her and how he was a man of such honor, not being with her before the proper time. We can think of for ourselves, we too uphold the institution of marriage that God has given, yet how easy it's been for us to fall into the temptation to do that which is improper before and outside of marriage. And even when we want to do what is right, we've fallen into that temptation. Yet that's why God sends this child, isn't it? He sends this child for hypocrites like you and me. He sends him not simply to give us a pep talk. Well, try harder, do better next time. Follow these five steps and, and then you'll get it. No, he actually comes as our Savior. He comes to pay the price of our sins. He comes to live a holy and perfect life where we could not. And then to offer that life in our place on the cross so that we can know that right now our sins are forgiven, every one of them, every shortcoming, every failure, every bit of hypocrisy that we have lived out in our lives, forgiven by God, forgiven through this child that comes. And what's he to be called? He's to be called Jesus because he's come to save his people from their sins. And that's what Jesus means. It means God saves or the Lord saves. What an awesome name for this child, the one who is our savior from sin. So do you think you could have a Christmas pageant without Joseph? Well, perhaps few might recognize that Joseph is missing in in such a pageant. But he does certainly play a vital role, though perhaps a minor one. We see Joseph as he gives legal status really to Mary and to this child. We see Joseph providing the protection that's needed for Mary and the child. We also see the amazing faith of Joseph, too, that trusted the word of the Lord, that believed God's promises and put them into action. May we, 
as Joseph trusts the word of the Lord, believe God's promises and put them into action in our own lives. And to do so knowing that the child who comes, the child who's born, is Emmanuel, God with us. He is our Savior from sin, and in him we have forgiveness and everlasting life. Amen. Please rise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, forevermore. Amen.